Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied among you all in the knowledge of God and of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today I am going to be preaching part one of a two-part sermon. Part two, by the way, will be delivered on Reformation Sunday in October. So if by then you've forgotten part one, don't worry about it too much. There will not be a written test. But my starting point today and in October as well, my starting point is this. We as the church are pretty good at answering questions that nobody is asking anymore. Again, my, my thought is, and, and I dare say my fear is, that we as the church, we the children of God through Jesus Christ, the ones who have been sent on a mission of love and mercy to the entire world, we the ones who have been destined for a place in the kingdom of heaven forever, we the church of Jesus have become very good at answering questions that frankly Nobody is asking anymore. I'll take up this topic again in October when we look at the issues surrounding Martin Luther and what we call the Protestant Reformation. But for today, the subject is nothing less than God himself, what we Christians refer to as the Holy Trinity. The doctrine of the Trinity strikes me as a profound answer to a question I have never, ever been asked. In 31 years of ministry, nobody has ever asked me to sit down with them and explain the Trinity. It's a great answer to a question I have never heard. It's like this, basic to the Bible and fundamental to Christian teaching is the belief that there is, in fact, only one true God. We don't have two gods. We don't have three gods. We don't have 50 gods. We don't have 100 gods. And we are not gods ourselves. We are not little divine beings running around in mortal bodies. We are, after all, only human. And God is God and God alone. Basic to the Bible fundamental to us as Christians is the belief that there is in fact only one true God. And okay, that's fairly straightforward, I think. Maybe not too hard to explain. Ah, but then we turn to the New Testament and we see Jesus, whom we say is God himself, come down from heaven to save us. We see Jesus praying to his Father in heaven. God the Son on earth praying to God the Father in heaven. Two distinct persons, one on each end of the prayer line, so to speak, but only one God. And then it gets even more involved because, of course, on Pentecost Sunday, the disciples received the promised gift of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit which is also God, living in us and through us and guiding us each day, God the Spirit, sent to us by God the Father at the behest of God the Son, three distinct persons, 
three distinct ways God has of being God for us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but still only one God. And the doctrine of the Trinity is the church's way of squaring that circle, you might say. It's our way of doing the math. How do you have God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, three distinct ways God has of being God, how do you have these three persons and still only have one God? How does that work? Well, I personally like to think of it this way, and this, by the way, is just me. This is not official. This is just me thinking about the Trinity. But I like to think about that big yellow thing that comes up in the sky every morning. It's supposed to come up in the sky. We haven't seen it much this summer, but trust me, it's out there. That big yellow thing that comes up in the sky. There is the physical object, the sun. There is also the light that it brings, and there is also the heat that it gives. And in my mind, I can separate the three and think about each one of them distinctly. The physical object, the light, the heat. In my mind, I can separate them out and talk about them individually. And yet I know there's only one sun in the sky. And that as long as there has been a sun in the sky, there has also been light and there has also been heat. You can't have one without the other. So also God. In my mind, I can separate Father and Son and Holy Spirit. I can think about them individually and talk about them distinctly. And yet I know and believe there's only one God. Three persons, but one God, as it has always been, so it always will be. Now that's how I answer the question of the Trinity. But you didn't ask, did you? To be honest, in 31 years, nobody ever has. What the world is asking, what the world really does want to know from us, is there such a thing as hope? hope and meaning and purpose in life. The world is asking, is there really such a thing as love and mercy? I mean, really? And is that love and mercy stronger than the hate and the fear? Will that love and mercy win? Will this God we keep talking about, will this God win? The world wants to know, is God really love? And if he is, will this God of love come through for us in the end? The world, bottom line, wants and needs a word of hope. And the world will only get that hope if the world sees it in us. We cannot simply explain love and mercy to the world. We cannot simply go out there and lecture people on hope. We have to show hope and live it and embody it. And so now to tie this all back to the doctrine of the Trinity, here's the challenge for us as Christians. It's not to explain the Trinity. The challenge is not to study theology and understand everything in the Nicene Creed and then be able to offer a lecture on it. 
Instead, the challenge is to live the Trinity. To show the world what it means not only to know God, but to know God in these three ways. So, number one, God made me. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. God created me on purpose for a reason and filled my life with people to love and blessings to enjoy, and it's all a gift. You get it? It's all a gift. A gift from God the Father. So, as a result, can I maybe show just a little bit of humility here? Can I maybe show a wee little bit of gratitude? Not greed, not envy, not the kind of bitter resentment we see every day. Can I look at all the good gifts in my life that come from the Father's hand? Can I see those gifts and acknowledge his grace and live with gratitude and humility? And can I devote my life to finding his larger meaning and purpose for me? Can you do that? And I believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, and all the rest. We'll say the creed in a minute. I believe this Jesus died to forgive me and rose again to save me. And what this means is that in the person of Jesus Christ, God has freed me both from my past regrets and my future worries, right? We are forgiven the past and promised the future. We are released from yesterday's regret and from tomorrow's worry, meaning that we are free to simply live today, right here, right now, loving the people around us the way God the Son first loved us. Can you do that? Can you try? Never mind explaining how the Trinity fits together. Can you live the love of God the Son? No regrets, no remorse left over from yesterday. No worry and no fear creeping in from tomorrow. Only his compassion and love for everybody you meet today. Just live his love today. And since for a sinful human being like me, even just living his love today is too much, therefore I also believe in God, the Holy Spirit, <coughs> the Lord, the giver of life, who walks with us and teaches us and guides us and shows us the way. Look, if in some small way a sinner like me can find a larger purpose in life, if in some small way sinners like us can show mercy and be compassionate and show gratitude and be humble, if we can do any of that, it's only because of God the Holy Spirit working that work in us. To conclude, I have found that explaining the Holy Trinity is extremely slippery and very, very hard to do. I've also found over the years that nobody has actually asked me to explain it.
explaining the Trinity may not be the most important thing for us to do, but living it, coming to know God as Father and as Son and as Holy Spirit, receiving His love, living in hope, sharing that love and hope with others, this is not only the most important thing, it's the only thing. And it's what we seek once more today as we pray as always in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We turn to the hymn.